But if we could, with the Lord's help this evening, if we could for a short while turn back to that portion of scripture that we read in Second Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll take our text as verse 17. <coughs> Second Corinthians 5 and verse 17, where Paul writes there, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, at the start of a new year, I'm sure that we're all aware of the push that's made by advertisers and companies. Uh, They present all their products to us under the slogan, New Year, New You. New Year, New new You. And there are shops promoting books uh, books and, and DVDs on how to how to exercise, how to cook low-calorie foods, how to think positively, how to give up smoking, how to have a good life, how to have a healthy lifestyle. And they're all presented and they're all promoted to us under the banner, New Year, New You. And each of these products, they promise to us at the start of a new year that they will change our appearance and they will renew our life. But the reality of all of these changes is that Although many of them are of great benefit to us, they're all superficial. They're all about the outward appearance. They're all about how you look and how you are perceived by other people. But the truth is, the promotion, new year, new you, it goes no deeper than the surface. No deeper than the surface. But you know, when we come to this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul reminds us that when the Lord works in our life, none of it is superficial. Because when the Lord works in our life, he works from the inside out. Not the outside in, but the inside out. When God works in our life, we become an entirely new person in Christ. But you know, what's interesting is that even though we're bombarded by the world and all their products and all that they're advertising to us, they're wanting us to adopt this superficial lifestyle of appearance and acceptance. Even though that's what the world gives to us today. In Paul's day, when he wrote this letter, it was the church that was, need, that was promoting the need to have this superficial religion of appearance and acceptance. Because when Paul wrote this second letter to the Corinthians, the Corinthians, they were being overrun by false teachers and false teaching. And what the false teachers were teaching was that in order to be a Christian, you had to be of a a certain class. And you had to have a certain amount of knowledge. And you had to possess a certain level of wealth. If you want to be a Christian, you have to be a certain kind of person. And at that time, Corinth, it was a wealthy seaport city. Corinth had made its fortune because it was a key trade route uh, between the eastern eastern and western cities uh, along the Mediterranean Sea. And as with every wealthy city at the time, uh, there were different classes of people. There were those who were rich and educated, and there were those who were poor and uneducated. And as you can expect, there was this divide between the classes. 
There was a divide that was superficial. It was based all upon appearance and acceptance. There was this divide. And you know, despite Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, a letter that addressed doctrinal and divisive issues in the church, despite that first letter, the false teachers, they had disregarded and undermined all of Paul's teaching. And instead of preaching Christ, they promoted this superficial Christianity. But as Paul continues to address the Corinthians and the false teaching that they were being bombarded with, he reminds them that when the Lord works in our life, his work doesn't depend upon what kind of person we are. It doesn't depend upon our wealth or our class or our education or our upbringing or our gender or our appearance or our race or even our past. No, what Paul reminds us in this one verse is that the Lord is able to work in anyone's life. The Lord is able to work in anyone's life. The Lord is able to make anyone a new creation. No one is exempt for whatever reason, he says. No one is exempt. And that's what Paul says here in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ. And with this Paul emphasizes that the Lord is able to work. In the heart and life of anyone. And when the Lord works. Let's say in your heart. When the Lord works in your life. He gives you a new position. And he makes you a new person. And he assigns to you a new position. A new purpose. So when the Lord works in your life, these are the three headings. He gives to you a new position. He makes you a new person. And he assigns to you a new purpose. And this is for anyone, he says. Anyone. If anyone is in Christ. So look first of all at a new position. A new position. He says in verse 17, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ. And it's often said that large doors swing on small hinges. And I've said before that in the Bible, large theological truths, they swing on small words. And you can't get much smaller than the word in. But Paul says there in the beginning of verse 17, if anyone is in Christ. Christ. In Christ. But with this small word, Paul is reminding us that everything we are as a Christian and everything we have as a Christian is because we are in Christ. We are in union with Christ. There is this union, this mystical union that the Bible speaks of between Christ, Jesus Christ, and the Christian. And because of that union with Christ, Jesus Christ provides for us Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. One theologian, he put it this way. He says, union with Christ is the fountainhead. And from that fountainhead flows to the Christian every spiritual blessing. Repentance and pardon. Faith, justification, adoption, sanctification, perseverance and glorification. It all flows to the Christian. And this means that because of our union with Christ, every spiritual blessing 
is ours because of that union. And you know, Paul, he loves this concept of union with Christ. He talks about it in all of his letters. He keeps coming back to it. And he's, <clears throat> he emphasizes how precious our salvation is because of our new position, our union with Christ. But you know, we also have to remember what Paul doesn't say here. Because Paul doesn't say here in verse 17 that if anyone is in church, they are a new creation. He doesn't say if anyone reads their Bible, they are a new creation. If anyone went to Sunday school, they are a new creation. If anyone prays, if anyone's a minister, if anyone's an elder, if anyone's a deacon, if anyone is a church member. No, Paul says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. It's a new position. Because to be in Christ is to believe in Jesus Christ. It's to be committed to Jesus Christ. To be in Christ is to have repented and turned from your sin and turned to Jesus for your salvation. To be in Christ is to have your entire trust upon Jesus Christ. To be washed in his blood and to be clothed in his righteousness. My friend, to be in union, that union with Christ is to be committed and to be connected to Jesus Christ. Now before you disqualify yourself... Remember, this is for anyone. This is for anyone. This new beginning, this new you, the true new you. This is for, as Paul says, anyone. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. But you know, Paul draws our attention to our new position in Christ. <clears throat> because that wasn't always the case. We weren't always in Christ. None of us started out life in Christ. Because the truth is we all started out life in Adam. And when you look at Paul's letters, that's the teaching that he emphasizes over and over again. That everyone in the world is either in one of two positions. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. And what Paul teaches us is that there are only two types of people that God can see. When God looks at us, there are only two types of people that he sees. He sees those who are clothed in the sin of Adam or those who are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. There are only two types of people who come to church. Those who are in Adam and those who are in Christ. And of course, Paul teaches this because we need to come to the realization that being in Adam, it leads to death. Being in Adam leads to death. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul puts it succinctly to us. As in Adam, all die. But in Christ shall all be made alive. As in Adam, all die. But in Christ shall all be made alive. And what Paul is showing us is that when we are in union with Adam, when we are in Adam, we receive everything that Adam received at the fall. We receive physical death, spiritual death, and separation from God. And that's our starting point. We are born in Adam, conceived in guiltiness and sin. And all that was true of Adam, that's true of us. Because when Adam sinned, we sinned. 
When Adam fell, we fell. When Adam was subjected to death, we were subjected to death. When Adam was condemned, we were condemned. When Adam was cursed, we were cursed. Romans 5 verse 12 says, As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And this is also the teaching of our catechism. All mankind, descending from Adam by ordinary generation, sinned in him, in union with him, and fell with him, in union with him. We sinned in him and fell with him in his first transgression. We fell in Adam because we were in union with Adam. That was our starting position. But Paul says, when we repent of our sins, when we turn to the Lord, when we confess Jesus to be our Lord, when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, we're given a new position. We're we're no longer in Adam, but we're now in Christ. We are in union with Christ. We're married. That's what the word union is. It's a marriage with Christ. And when we are in Christ, we receive everything that Christ has. Because, and you look at Paul's letters, he's always talking about it. When we're in Christ, we are made, as he says in Romans 8, we're joint heirs with Christ. We have, we have an inheritance in Christ. We are accepted before God the Father in Christ. We are righteous in Christ. We are, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We are chosen in Christ. We are redeemed in Christ. Our old self has died in Christ. We are raised with Christ. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. We have a life. We have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And because we are in Christ, his life is now my life, your life. Everything that he has is mine. All that belongs to Jesus is mine because of our new position in Christ. And you know, there is no better position to be in than to be in Christ. Because to be in union with Christ is to have everything. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. But you know, to be outside of Christ, to be still in Adam, Is to have nothing. It's to have nothing except death and condemnation. As in Adam, all die. But in Christ shall all be made alive. And so Paul is reminding us here that when the Lord works in your life, he gives to you a new position. But secondly, we see that when the Lord works in your life, he makes you a new person. He makes you a new person. Look at verse 17 again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And in this verse, Paul emphasizes that the Lord is able to work in the life and heart of, of anyone. The Lord is able to give anyone that new position in Christ. And the Lord is able to make anyone a new person in Christ. But when, the, when Paul says that the Lord is able to make anyone this new person or this new creation in Christ, 
He's emphasizing that the work which the Lord does and the change which the Lord performs, it's not superficial. It's not an exterior and outward transformation. The change and transformation, it's inward and it's spiritual because it's a transformation of our heart, our mind, our soul, our will, our character. And it's not a partial change. It's a complete change. It's a complete transformation. And what Paul is saying is that when you are a new person in Christ, it's not a renovation of the old person. It's not a reformation of your old heart, mind, soul, will and character. No, no, he says it's a demolition of the old person. A demolition and it's a new build. A completely new creation. You are a new creation, not a a renovation. You're a new creation In Christ. And this is what Paul is stressing to us. That when we are a new person in Christ. We are made new. And that word new. It means new of a totally different kind. New of a a totally different quality. New of a totally different value. You are a new creation. Not a renovation. And what Paul is emphasizing. Is that if anyone. That includes you. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a brand new person. Yes, you'll have the same body and the same family and the same job and the same home. But on the inside, on the inside, there is an entirely new you. And this is what it means to be born again. This is what it means to be born again. Paul is teaching here about the new birth. And he's not only emphasizing the need to be born again by saying, if anyone is in Christ, he's also reminding us of what happens when you're born again. Because when you're born again, as Jesus says, you enter into the kingdom of God. That was the teaching of Jesus in John 3 when he, Jesus met with Nicodemus. That nighttime meeting with, with Nicodemus Jesus said to Nicodemus that unless someone is born again, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. But like many people, Nicodemus struggled with this concept. Nicodemus couldn't understand how someone could be born again when they're old. Nicodemus couldn't understand how someone could be made a new person when they're an old person. And of course, Nicodemus was only thinking in physical terms. But Jesus was speaking about spiritual truths. And Jesus was speaking about the need to have a spiritual birth. Because when Nicodemus asked, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And the answer is, of course not. Jesus answers Nicodemus saying, unless someone is born of water and of the spirit, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And Jesus' point was that when we're born again, we're made a new person in Christ. We're made brand new. We experience a new birth and a new beginning by the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual birth. And that's what Paul is saying here in verse 17. That our spiritual birth begins, or it brings about this radical change in our life. 
our spiritual birth makes us a new person. And this change, you could say, is so dramatic, so powerful, so radical, so fundamental, that without it we cannot be saved. Now this change might have been a gradual change in your experience. But it's a definite change. It's a a, a radical change. It's a spiritual birth. It's a new birth. It's a new you. Because it's from from death to life. From darkness to light. From from the old to the new. From in Adam to being in Christ. And that's what Paul says. The old is passing away. All is becoming new. And you know, when we experience the new birth... It doesn't just affect certain compartments and certain areas of our life. It should affect every area of our life. When we are birthed into the kingdom, that new birth doesn't just affect our little religion box. It doesn't just reschedule our timetable to include, uh, well, church twice on the Lord's Day and the prayer meeting uh, during the week. No, when we are in Christ... When we are a new creation, when we experience a new birth, when we are birthed into the kingdom of God, that new birth should affect every area of our lives. Because when everything is made new on the inside, it should affect us personally. It should affect our heart, our mind, our soul, our feelings, our will, our affections. There should be a hunger for the things of God. A desire to be in the Lord's house. Wanting to be with the Lord's people. These things should should change. It should affect us personally. And when we're birthed into the kingdom. It should affect every area of our life. It should affect our relationships. Our marriage. Our friendships. Our home. Our family. Our children. Our job. Our conversations. Our money. Our lifestyle. Our new birth should affect where we go. What we do, what we say, how we think, how we act. It should affect every area of our life. And when we are in Christ, everything should be about Christ. He must be first. We should be last. He must increase. We must decrease. He must have the supremacy. We must have submission. He must have all the honor and the glory and the praise. We have to have humility. We have to have humility. We have to take up our cross daily and follow after him. Because when we are in Christ, it's not about us. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. When we are in Christ, we are confessing that we've died to sin. We've died to self. We have submitted our lives To him we're following after him. We're taking up our cross. And we are living under his lordship. He is king. He's in control. He is sovereign. And this is what Paul means when he says that the old things have passed away. The old has passed away. Because when we are a new person. It's not that we're a new new person once. When we're a new person in Christ. It means that the old person Has died. The old man is dead. The old self is dead. The old Adam in you is is dead. The old things they've passed away. 
And this word old, it's amazing what you can get out of one verse. This word old, it's the word where we get the word archaeology from. It's the word archaea, so archaeology. You can see where it comes from. And as you know, an archaeologist is someone who digs up things from the past. They dig up fragments of history and bones from long ago. And with this one word, Paul is saying that when we are in Christ, our old life is ancient history. Ancient history. It's in the past. It's gone. It's dead. It died with Christ. It's buried. And in order to stress the deadness of the old things and the old person and the old life, Paul says the old things, they have passed away. Which means to die. That's the phrase we often use to describe someone who has died. We say that person passed away. And that's what Paul is saying that happens when we become a Christian. The old self, the old man, the old life, the old person, they pass away. They die. It perishes, it vanishes, it's buried. Because when someone, when anyone is born again, when you're born again, the old person dies. Your old heart is is taken away. The old heart of of stone is changed to a heart of flesh. Your old values are gone. Your old pursuits, they perish. Your old loves and desires, they're no longer dominant. Your old beliefs, they're buried. Your old passions are gone. Your old priorities, they're gone. Your old practices are gone. Your old plans, they're all gone. You now live in Christ. And everything is about Christ. All the things that you once clung to. It's all in the past. It's all ancient history. That doesn't mean that you're now sinless. Of course it doesn't. But it does mean that the desire for all these things. Has changed. It's a conversion. It's turning around. But you know what? You always wish that it was as simple as that. Don't you? The reality is that these things never go away. There's always these temptations. That's why the Christian life is a battle. It's a conflict. It's a struggle. But Jesus said, through much tribulation, you'll enter the kingdom. And it was the great apologist C.S. Lewis. He once said that the devil, he's a grave digger. The devil is a grave digger and the devil will dig up your past and he will dig up what you once were. But you must remember, he says, that God has buried what you once were in Adam. The old man is dead. And as a Christian, you are now alive in Christ. Yes, there's temptations. Yes, there's struggles. But this is what Paul wants us to see. This is, it's a glorious thing to be a new creation in Christ. But what Paul makes clear is that to be a new creation, both the old things have to pass away and all things have to become new. Two things have to happen, not just the old dying. It has to be the new coming. Because if the new things came, but the old things didn't pass away, there would be a contradiction. It would be like driving with your foot in the accelerator and on the brake. You'd immediately stall. You'd be contradicting yourself. 
you'd be a hypocrite. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach the Christian to be a hypocrite. The Bible doesn't teach the Christian to live as if the new things have come while still holding on to the old life in Adam. The Bible doesn't teach us to, to love God and then do as you please. Because when you're in Christ, you're a Christian. And there must be this passing away of the old things and the coming of the new. And the interest and the desire for the new must far outweigh the interest and the desire for the old. And that's why Paul says he uses another little word, behold. Behold. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Paul uses the word behold because it, 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 it means Paul is trying to stop us and say, look, this is amazing. What is offered to you in Christ is wonderful. This is, this is stunning, he's saying. This is amazing. When the Lord works in your life, the, it's not only the old things that pass away, but new things come as well. New things also come. And these new things, when he says, uh, these things, he says, they're not only new when it comes, they're not only new on the day of your conversion. This is the wonderful thing. They're new every day. These new things, they're new every day. This is what's wonderful about being a Christian. That when you're a Christian, you don't get tired of following Christ. You don't get bored of Jesus. You don't get fed up of this same old saviour. No, he's new every day. He welcomes you every day. His mercies are new to you every morning. And when you read your Bible, his words to us, yes, they're old, thousands of years old, but they're ever new. And the wonder of it all is that when we are made new in Christ, we're not only new the day of our conversion, but we're being renewed every single day day and this renewing it will continue it'll continue not only in this world but also in the world to come what does Jesus say in the book of Revelation the bride comes Jesus says behold I am making all things new that's his role he makes all things new and he starts here and he continues in glory New in Christ, we're being renewed. And so when the Lord works in your life, he not only gives you a new position and he makes you a new person, but he also assigns to you a new purpose. And that's what I'd like us to consider lastly. A new position, a new person, and a new purpose. A new purpose. Look again at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so Paul reminds us in the following verse that when, we are, when the Lord works in our life, we are a new creation in Christ. And when we're a new creation, we've been given this new position. We are in Christ and we are made a new person. We're a new creation. And then in verse 18 our new position and the fact that we're a new person, it 
Paul tells us that all that we're given this new purpose. Paul says that we have received the ministry of reconciliation. That's our new purpose. Christ has reconciled us to himself. God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. We're no longer living in Adam. We are now in Christ. And we've given this new purpose. The ministry of reconciliation. And in verse 19, Paul explains exactly what this means. He says, that is the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And so as those with a new position, and as those with a new person, we are made a new person, we have a new purpose. We have been entrusted with the ministry and message of reconciliation. Therefore, verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And with that, Paul says that those who are now in Christ, their purpose is that we are to be ambassadors for Christ. We are to be representatives of Christ. We're to be ambassadors of the King. Wherever we go, we are an ambassador of Christ. That's our new purpose. That's our ministry. And our message in which God is making his appeal through us, our message to those who are still in Adam, is our message to those of you here who are still in Adam. We implore you. We encourage you. We beg you. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. And, is, and why does he say this? Verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin. Who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so as a Christian that's our new purpose. That's our ministry. That's our message. Be reconciled to God. But our ministry and our message is not to be delivered just by the pulpit. It's to be delivered by person. Because our character, our conduct, and our conversation, that's to be the means by which we fulfill our new purpose. That's how we fulfill our ministry and deliver our message. By our character, our conduct, and our conversation. Because as those with a new position, we're in Christ. Having been made a new person, we're a new creation. Because of that, we have a new heart. We have a heart that loves God. A heart that beats for, for the things of God. We have a new mind. We have the mind of Christ. That's what Paul says in Colossians. We think like Christ. And because we do, we look at the world differently to the way we once did. We have a new perspective. We have an eternal perspective on life. We know that our life is going to end. We live for eternity. And that's because we have new eyes. Eyes that were once blind and closed to the truth and the gospel. But now we see. Just like John Newton said. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found. Was blind but now I see. More than that we have new ears. 
Ears that were once closed and deaf to the sound of the gospel. And the preaching of God's word. It had no penetration upon our soul. It was penetrating no deeper than the surface. But now as a new creation in Christ. We have heard the voice of Jesus say. Come unto me and rest. We hear. And our soul now lives. We have a new mouth. We were singing about that again and again in our psalms this evening. A mouth that once had cursings and blasphemies and vanities. But now the Lord has put a new song in our mouth. In order to magnify our God and bear witness to Christ. We have new feet. Feet that once walked according to the course of this world. We were heading in the wrong direction. Heading away from, from Jesus. But now we walk towards God. Towards the things of God. And the house of God. And the people of God. And the word of God. Our direction. We have a new direction. We have a new purpose. A new purpose. We have a ministry and a message. And that ministry and message is to be delivered by our character. Our conduct and our conversation. Because when the Lord gives to us a new position, when he makes us a new person, there is a new product. There is fruit in our lives. And that fruit is to be obvious to others. They are to see the new position. They are to see and witness the new person. They are to see the change in our character, our conduct. And our conversation. And because of that change. They will know that our message to them. Is we beg you. We implore you. We plead with you. On behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. My friend. If any of you. Are in Christ. This is the new you. This is the new you. And this is what the Lord has done in your life. He has given you a new position. He has made you a new person. And he has assigned to you a new purpose. And in this new year, whatever the year has for us, <clears throat> our ministry and our message is to make sure that people know the new you. That everyone knows the new you. As someone who is in Christ. Because the Christian's message to all those who are still in Adam. To those of you here tonight who are still in Adam. The message for you. As someone who is unconverted and uncommitted. Is this message. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Therefore if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. May the Lord bless these thoughts to us. Let us pray. O Lord, our gracious God, we marvel at the work that thou dost do in the life of a sinner. We marvel, Lord, that thou art one who would work at all, who would even look upon us in mercy. But we bless and we praise thee that that when thou dost work, that work is one that is altogether lovely. Help us then, we pray, to ought to be found in Christ, to have that new position, to be made that new person, and to hear 
the assignment to, of the new purpose to tell others, to remind them that they need to be reconciled to God. Oh Lord, we, we realise that we are those who were created and we, are, we were born in enmity against thee. But we bless thee for Jesus, that he is the one who is able to reconcile us, that he is the mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Help us to look to him then, help us to trust in him, help us to lean upon him, and to know that every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is ours in Christ. Bless us in the week that lies ahead. Go before us and do us good, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to conclude our service this evening by singing to God's praise in Psalm 40. Psalm 40, page 259. We're singing from the beginning down to the verse marked 4. This is another psalm that emphasizes the new song that the Lord puts in our mouth. Because that's what happens when you're a new person. You have a new song. I waited for the Lord my God and patiently did bear. At length to me he did incline my voice and cry to hear. He took me from a fearful pit and from the mighty clay. And on a rock he set my feet establishing my way. It's just basically saying he took me out of Adam and he made me, put me in Christ. And what did he do? He put a new song in my mouth, our God to magnify. Many shall see it and shall fear and on the Lord rely. There's, and here's the new purpose. Oh, blessed is the man whose trust upon the Lord relies, respecting not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. These verses of Psalm 40 to God's praise.
of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Amen.